Welcome to A Quiet Life. I'm Ruth, your host, and it's just lovely to be with you today. Uh, I'm recording early in the morning, so you might hear some tweeting of birds outside my window as we get going, because they tend to be louder in the mornings. <laughs> it's uh, it's just a beautiful spring day. Uh, I'm here. It's uh, the day that I normally put my podcast out is the day that I'm recording my podcast. So we have never been this close to the wire before, but we're here. But that's because I have had an absolutely mad, crazy family time um, over the past couple of weeks. And I know that last time I talked to you, I'd had a mad, crazy family time as well. So I had my sister come and visit from LA for a while. And then, uh, and then last week I had my daughter come and visit, uh, from Canberra, not quite from so far away, but she and her husband and her baby Rue, who's 18 months old, came and they stayed with us and with Jordan's parents for a while. Um, you know, on and off. They swapped between families. It's nice having Jordan's parents live here in Tasmania as well as Jess's parents living here in Tasmania because we get them, um, you know, not trying to figure out which state of, of Australia or which country they're going to go to when they have holidays. They come to the same place, but then we share. We share, which is nice actually because, you know, it's just so easy to forget how intense life with a toddler is. Oh my goodness, he never stops. And that's fine. That's good. That's the that's the time of life that I really get. I really is like, wow, how did I cope with this when my kids were toddlers? And the answer is, as I've told you before, I didn't. Uh, I didn't. I was so tired <laughs> when my kids were small. And I was so tired this week as well. Um, but I oh, had a good time. I found out what kind of ma I am. So my, my grandma name is Ma. And uh, Moses is Pop, and Rue just managed to say Ma and Pop for the first time while he was down. So that was, you know, good for my heart. And so Ma took Rue out for uh, play at the playground, um, and I found out that I was, uh, let's get a baby Chino. Oh, let's go buy some bubble mix, which is 50 cents for crying out loud. 50 cents at Big W. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a huge expense. <laughs> And oh, the kids love bubble mix. Anyway, so yeah, we had we had great fun together, and I really enjoyed enjoyed that time. So you want to just put in everything you can to Rue because everything's changing, and he's growing so fast, and he's changing all the time and learning new things. I think he learned about fifty new words while he was down, and that's exciting stuff. That's really exciting. So we enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, our family has grown. I was just on Facebook before and the memory that came up was um, a picture of the four of us, uh, myself and Moz and Caleb and Jess, sticking our tongues out and looking stupid. And I was like, oh, that's my family. But we that three years ago, there were four of us and now there are eight of us. So it has grown really quickly. We have really changed quickly over time. And it was lovely too for Rue to meet his new baby cousin, Hewan. He was very gentle with Hewan. I was going to say it was lovely for Hewan to meet Rue. I'm not sure. Um, Caleb and Michaela really enjoyed meeting Rue <laughs> but and showing Hewan to Rue, but Hewan was just uh, just coping with his hair being patted gently and his nose being pointed out and his his uh, his cheeks being pointed out and his eyes being pointed at but I think we managed to not have them being pointed in as you can see I am a very doting ma and I am going to stop (laughs) 
<laughs> stop talking about my family. <laughs> but it was just it was just fun. Oh, and the other thing we did so over that week, we had lots of parties, didn't we? Because we had to meet all the great aunts and uncles, and we had to, um, <clears throat> yeah, get together with family and and just have good family time. It was very joy filled and fun and everything went well and I love my family and we get along so well together even the wider family and that's just a blessing that I do not take for granted you know the fact that we can all get together and enjoy each other's company and not have big arguments is just a a real blessing and I'm so grateful for it so it was fun it was a fun intense week of showing off babies to family members and enjoying the company of babies and and also enjoying the company of Jess and Jordan who I don't see very often and so we had some great conversations and it was wonderful really really good quite intense and um, the introvert that I am has needed to recover after that and really take some time to just chill out and be myself and I'm thinking that today I'm starting to feel a bit more on top of things. Um, You can hear my voices are still a little bit croaky but that's okay. I am feeling a bit more on top of things. So yeah, it's good. It's good. I would like to say, okay, great, that special time is over and now we go into routine because you know I love routine, but we are not quite going properly into routine (laughs) over the next month. The next month is not going to be quite as family intense, but I have some things coming up that I thought you might like to know about. So on the 20th of October, which is Saturday week as I record this, St. Luke's Taruna is having their spring festival and that's really fun and I am having a book a bookstore there so I'm just selling my books and supporting St. Luke's by doing that but um, if you are in southern Tasmania and you're interested in uh, their books there's my books and there's secondhand books there is jams and plants so they sell seedlings and they sell flowers and they sell clothes and they have a lovely afternoon tea and there will be some music entertainment and stuff that's from two till five o'clock so it's in the afternoon of a Saturday which is really nice (laughs) you don't have to get up and go early you can come and have afternoon tea at St Luke's Taruna which is Coolamon Street in Taruna on Saturday the 20th and I will be there and you can come and chat to me and keep me company that would be really nice and the the next weekend the 28th to the 29th is the Terra Australis readers and writers festival which is held down in Huonville and it is amazing because Anne Cleves is coming who wrote um the Vera and the Shetland series she's uh um she didn't she I don't know what how involved she was with the television screenplay but she wrote the original books which are really really incredible to read and so um she and some other famous names in the whole crime and mystery genre are coming and I have been asked to sell my books down there at a bookstore too so I'm pretty excited about that I'm very excited about that I'm going to high tea with Anne Cleves I'm going to a master class with Anne Cleves and then I am selling my little books in the same place as she will be signing her incredible books so so exciting um so that's a going to be a big weekend that I will be completely exhausted by but definitely worth worth it i think there are still some tickets available for sale if you are interested in that kind of thing go to terra australis readers and writers festival just google that and you'll find the information or have a look on my um, facebook page because i'm trying to share links and and talk about that a bit as that comes closer so they're the big things coming up and i'm not looking past that (laughs) that is quite enough to have on my plate for now 
Um, and I am going to be making sure, um, because I am accountable to you lovely people who listen to my podcast. So I, my mum has been saying, oh, look, you've got so much on your plate. It's really incredible that you take the time to have your days off and, and that sort of thing. I'm like, well, that's what my podcast is about. And if I'm not having my Sabbaths, then I'm being a real hypocrite as I talk to the people on my podcast. So thank you to you lovely listeners, because that means that I will be making sure that if I am uh, working the Spring Festival or working the Terra Stratus Festival, that I will be then taking a Sabbath on another day, taking a day off on another day and uh, making sure that I get that one day in seven rest as God intended for us to do and the thing that, that makes us uh, able to keep going. I do not want to burn out even with all these fantastic things happening and because of the way my life is, things don't always happen Monday to Friday and I need to be aware of that and make sure that I'm taking the rest that I need to take um, and not burn out. The other thing that I wanted to say in this introduction before we get started, it's a nice long introduction today, <laughs> is that I had a really good comment on the last blog and podcast. So I think it was on the blog. So if you remember last time we talked about uh, the three rules for making it in Hollywood. So the rules were uh, turn up on time, do what you promise, and be easy to work with. And Ray gave us a comment on, he said, well, that third one, you know, it works both ways. And so thank you, Ray, for that comment. I agree, it does work both ways. You can't, let me put it this way, being easy to work with does not equal being a doormat. I'm not, when I say be easy to work with, I'm not saying let your workplace stomp all over you and take you for granted and give you extra things that you have to do that you don't get paid for and take advantage of everything. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying be a pleasant person who um, smiles as they does it, do their job and who works well with people and who doesn't bring drama to the workplace. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't have your boundaries in place. And boundaries is something that I am still learning about, that I still struggle with in sometimes because I really just like to say yes. But being easy to work with does not equal people-pleasing and letting people walk all over you. That's a, that's a unhealthy thing. And I, I, I would not say that my sister um, does that. Like she definitely has her boundaries in place and she has the respect of those people who work with her because she does put her boundaries in place. If you're in a situation where you feel like people are just expecting you to always say yes and always put yourself out for them, then maybe it's time to start putting boundaries in place and taking a few of those risks where you say, uh, actually, no, this is who I am and I need a day off every seven days and I'm going to take that day off and you might have to just wait another day for the work to get done. And it, that's scary and I hate doing it, but it's healthy. It's really healthy to respect yourself as well. So yeah, thanks Ray for that comment and, and for thoughtfully reading the blog. I really appreciate it. And if, if you have comments on any of my blogs or podcasts, you can leave them on the website, ruthamos.com.au, or you can leave them underneath the blog on WordPress. So that's a quiet life blog at wordpress.com. Or you can come onto Facebook and talk to me at Ruth Amos Author, or you can leave me a message on X at a quiet life blog. But you know, you can always find me at ruthamos.com.au. So having said all of that, big introduction, which is almost as long as my rant usually is. 
we're going to talk to Scotty today. And when I was thinking about what to talk to him about, I was so grateful I had a conversation with somebody on Tuesday night. And that meant I could write my blog on the Wednesday. And the conversation was about reading because reading is fantastic. It is so good for you and you have so many benefits from it. So that's uh, what I talked to Scotty about for this podcast. Have a listen and then we'll talk more about it afterwards. Hobart Soul 265 is another life hack with Ruth Amos. Good morning. Good morning, Scotty. How are you doing? I'm really, really well. How are you? Um, my voice is a bit funny, but other than that, I'm feeling great. Excellent. The sun, <laughs> the sun is just making me come alive. That's in good. The yes. So, what are we talking about today? Well, my life hack today is read a book. Okay. <laughs> so, I was re- I was talking with a friend this week and remembering how when I became a scientist, so when I started studying for my PhD and whatever, I somehow built this stupid rule in my head that I should only read scientific journal articles and important scientific whatever scientific stuff, you know. And um, so for someone who's been – I've been a big reader all my life – I got to that point and I just stopped reading because do you think I had the brain to interpret scientific articles on a Saturday morning? No, yeah, but no, it's also I did too not. much like work, then, isn't it? It's just like yeah. it's like this, I'm like, what am I doing this for? Yeah, and when I decided to become a novelist, it's like, oh, I can read anything I like <laughs> <laughs> because all of it goes into my books, and so I justified it to myself. But you know what, Scotty? Reading is such a good thing to do. I just wanted to encourage anyone out there who's made a rule for themselves that they're adults now and therefore shouldn't read these novels to it, it's just so good for you to read it reduces stress it helps you sleep it helps build empathy it helps you live longer it increases your focus and your concentration increases your memory all these things from reading a book <laughs> uh, you know what's funny is i i cannot read a book of a night time like because i'll not I'll often wait till it's bedtime or just before and then i'll get into bed yeah, I'm re- I, literally, I can't last two minutes. I'll be reading, I'm just like, I'm asleep. Yeah, as like, I said, helps you sleep. <laughs> but I can't get, like, I'm like, I just read one page, that's it. Like, yeah. I can't stay awake of a nighttime reading a book. So yeah. for me, it's got to be a daytime activity. Otherwise, yeah. uh, I, d- I just don't get any read. Yeah. So d- is there difference between digital reading and and an actual book? Uh uh, so I read something this week that said that it was, that turning the pages does something in your brain, helps you see where you're up in the book. But I wouldn't limit yourself. Like, I, I'm no longer buying books because my bookshelves are full and I just it has to be a really good one to justify space in my house. So I'm, I read digitally and, uh, you know, it's a book. Like... <laughs> I read, and listening to audiobooks is also reading. Yeah. Now, you cannot convince me otherwise. Listening to audiobooks, great. Just does all the same things. Because, you know, before we had the printing presses, we used to tell each other stories audibly, like around campfires or however far back you want to go. And so that vocal telling of a story is just as good as listening, as yeah. reading. Yeah. I remember years ago as a family, we went to Western Australia. And so we got on DV- on, on CD all the Chronicles of Narnia I books. Know. And we just, the whole way across, just listened to them. And the kids loved it. Yeah. They thought it was brilliant. Uh, they'd probably complain now, but they loved it at the time. I don't know. Like, our kids were reasonably old when we were listening to that. And we drove up to Burnie and um, we were listening to The Silver Chair. And we literally sat in the car outside our friend's place waiting for the <laughs> end of the story. <laughs> So it is good for you. It, it is, is good for you. And get off the computer games for a while. Read a book. Yeah, absolutely. I it's love it. it's just really great. And and I just want to say too, don't worry about what you're reading. It doesn't have to be Dostoevsky. It can be 
even light young adult stuff or new adult fiction. The latest Ruth Amos novel. The latest RJ Amos novel. You can <laughs> definitely go with that. Yeah. That sounds yeah. great. RuthAmos.com.au. Thanks, Ruth. Thanks, Cuddy. See you in a couple of weeks. You might say I'm biased because I'm an author and that's true. That's true. But I have always been a reader. I have been a reader since I was very young and it's always been a delight to me to read, to disappear into a book, get swallowed up by it. I, uh, When I first read The Bridge to Ter- Terabithia, I don't know if you know that movie that came out, I, I didn't even dare watch the movie because I literally cried for two days. <laughs> after reading The Bridge to Terabithia. It is such a sad book because I just got so involved in it. I think I read it in two days and then I just was a mess. Um, And I do mean literally, not just figuratively. I cried a lot after that book. And I remember when I, I tell people about this, when my family moved to Hawaii, now you would think, Hawaii, what a beautiful place to live. How exciting for you to live there. We lived there for about 10 months and uh, we lived on the rainy side of the big island of Hawaii. So you have Kona on the nice dry side where the sun shines all year round. And then on the other side, <laughs> that's where it rains you know, to keep the balance. And at one point where we were in Makapala, it rained for four weeks straight. And when I say it rained for four weeks straight, in the middle, there were two days where the rain cleared occasionally and we had a little bit of time where the rain wasn't actually falling from the skies. I'm not saying four weeks of showers. I'm saying four weeks of solid rain, four straight weeks. So that was part of the deal when we lived in Hawaii. The other part of the deal was that we were homeschooled in a community where there weren't many children. And for six months of that 10 months, there were no children my age. For the three months where there was a girl my age, we didn't get along. So, you know, really exciting time in my life. (laughs) I did not enjoy it too much at all. Uh, But what we did was we read a lot. I read a lot. I would take 10 books out of the library every week because that was my limit. I would read all of those 10 books and then I would take them back to the library and get another 10 books. So that's the kind of reader I am. I think the uh, term for this is whale reader, somebody who just sort of, you know how the whales take a great big mouthful of krill. It's like that. I take a great big mouthful of books and I read like that. So I, I am a reader. And so for me to stop reading because I told myself that I should only read scientific papers is just a completely stupid uh, way to be. It was, it was just ridiculous. Uh, I wish somebody had pulled me up on it, but I, I understand why I did it. I had this idea in my head of the person I wanted to be, and so I tried to be that person, but that wasn't the person I was. This is my life story. This is how it works. And so one of the main things I want to tell you in this podcast today or share with you or encourage you is to is to not make rules like that for yourself. Not stop yourself from doing something you enjoy because you think that it's something that you um, shouldn't do because of the particular type of person that you wish you were. Don't wear grey clothes if what you really want to wear is orange. Go the orange. Get out there and wear what makes you feel comfortable. Um, Yeah, I, I can't think of other options like this, but for me it was reading. Maybe you can come up with some and let me know about these rules that we make for ourselves that we do. High heeled shoes is another one. Just don't wear them if they're uncomfortable and they are uncomfortable.
wear sneakers. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Like we can, I'm not talking about moral and ethical rules here. I'm talking about silly surface rules that we put on ourselves because we say I should do such and such. I must be this kind of person. I have to do whatever, whatever. You know, listen to the kind of music that you enjoy, not the kind of music that you think you should enjoy. Play the kind of sports that you enjoy, not the kind of sports you think you should do. Sometimes as we become adults, we sort of go, oh, well, I'm an adult now. So that means that I shouldn't enjoy X, Y, Z. No, go for it. Enjoy it. Play board games or um, draw funny pictures or do the thing that brings you joy. And I think as you do that, you'll find a community that will also enjoy that kind of thing and and do the thing. And uh, that'll be fun for everybody. It's a great thing to not limit ourselves by these rules that we put on ourselves. I think that the world is changing and we're getting better at doing those sort of things, especially this is a good thing about social media, I think, is that you find other people who have your kind of weird. And so you find your weird community and it may not be in your immediate community. It may be that you need to look further afield for people who do your kind of weird, but there is always somebody who does your kind of weird. So yeah, I mean, keep things morally good and ethically good of course but that's not what I'm talking about I'm just talking about the joy we find like if flowers bring you joy go for flowers who cares if you're male or female or if you're you know in your 40s and you should be doing um, grown-up things just just go for it just do the things stop living by these silly rules that that keep us limited so that's one thing I am biased about reading. I think reading is a fantastic thing to do. But I think one of the reasons why people stop reading is because they think that they should be reading a particular kind of book. And that was a final thing I said to Scotty, like it doesn't have to be Dostoevsky or Tolstoy, even though I have read some of their books and they are absolutely amazing. They have um, a reputation for a reason (laughs) and they're good. But yeah, we feel like, oh, well, we can read nonfiction but we shouldn't read fiction. Well, no, fiction fiction has all these amazing um, benefits of building empathy and helping us to see other people's point of view and helping us with analytical thinking and helping us improve our focus and concentration. All of that comes from reading anything, anything at all. And so I think uh, you should read what you love reading. And Yeah, I I find that what I love reading changes over time. So when I'm particularly stressed, uh, I will go for a nice cosy mystery every time. You know that the main detective who's the person you like, they're not going to die because it's a cosy mystery series, so they're going to be fine. Um, I was reading one recently I thought was really good, police procedural. Uh, I can't remember who it was by now. Um, But uh, I started later on in the series, so I started a book, a book, 12 or 13 or something like that and in that book the guy was coping with the fact that his wife had died and so now I know that somewhere in earlier books his wife is going to die and oh boy does that worry me (laughs) I don't think I want to read the earlier books in the series because I know at some point we're going to go through this intense grief and sometimes I'm just not up to intense grief like intense grief is uh, an emotion too far. I'm already going through a lot in my life. And so when things are big and emotional and heavy for me, I go to a cozy mystery, a police procedural, police procedural, 
that's a little difficult to say this morning. A police procedural, need more coffee, or something cosy and fun and light, some Agatha Christie or, you know, even, yeah, especially those old ones, Dorothy Sayers and stuff like that, that I just no, I just feel comfortable with. The bad guy is going to get done in the end um, uh, and we're going to solve the mystery and we're going to bring justice and I love it. I love it. Um, some people go to romance like that. A lot of people love a nice romance story and, uh, and if you if you don't want to have the sex and the spiciness, which I don't want, then that's fine because you just go in and you say Amazon or wherever you're looking, you just like talk you talk about the the bedroom door closes. And in fact, um, there is a group on Facebook called Clean Fiction, and if you search for Clean Fiction, then they're they're really clean. Like if you want something with absolutely no swearing, no sex, no whatever, go to that clean fiction website, uh, Facebook group and you will get suggestions galore because people have written in every genre and they've written clean and they're um, marketing it that way for those of us who, who like things that way. Um, if you're into reading nonfiction and you like reading um information about nature or information about engineering or information about all kinds of things and go for it that way. I get really into, um, at the moment, because knitting is a new thing for me, I get into knitting memoir. There's a lot of people who've written some really nice knitting um, books that are more about life and less about knitting really, but they come at it from a, a knitting point of view. Stephanie Pearl McPhee She's hilarious. She's so funny. And all she's doing is looking at people and how people interact and the funny things that happen in life. And there are so many of those. So those books are really good to read. Uh, I didn't mean to get into <laughs> into my suggestions so early in this spot. Well, it's not really early. We're 10 minutes into the rant. We're already had a big introduction. But, you know, there are so many good books out there. What I'm saying is you read the thing that you really love. And I think that lighter fiction, young adult fiction and new adult fiction that's generally lighter in nature and not so heavy and bogged down and deep literary fiction, that stuff's just as good to read. It's just as good to read. So yeah, the deep literary fiction is great too, but that takes a lot more brain power. And a lot of people talk about how we're more easily distracted now because we're so used to being on our phones and changing the subject every 30 seconds. And so sometimes if you want to get into those deeper literary fiction, you need to train your brain first to be able to concentrate and read for longer lengths of time. And you train your brain by reading lighter fiction and you can get slowly deeper if that's what you want to do but you don't have to so uh for me and this is my confession i generally avoid anything that's prize winning i don't want to read a prize winning book because i know that that prize winning book is going to go deep into emotions that i can't cope with right now so i'm just just going to avoid it but i think um and but i think those books are obviously good to read um uh, but any books are good to read really, really good. And as far as Scott is talking about putting yourself to sleep, I mean, that's one of the things that reading is good for is to help you sleep. I mean, last night I read the first couple of chapters of a book and then drifted off to sleep beautifully. The night before that, I was at the end of a mystery. And so I had to keep reading <laughs> until I figured out who did it or found out who did it and that they got their just desserts. And so, you know, sometimes 
for me, like if you're, especially in one of those deeply emotional books, you're going to have a problem because you're going to have to stay awake until two o'clock in the morning to find out what happens at the end of the story. But if it puts you to sleep, that's great. That's a benefit of reading. I think if you only read before bed and you're as tired as Scotty is because you've been up since four o'clock in the morning to come into the morning part of the radio station, then yeah, you're going to go to sleep pretty quickly and that's all good. Reading before bed is good, but reading during the day as well is also helpful if you want to, especially if you want to use reading to improve your focus and concentration. You're going to have to read sometime when you're not just ready to go to sleep. And the other thing is audiobooks. Some people say that audiobooks are not real books, but they are. And they're wonderful to have in the background as you go about your day. If you want to get into a habit of, say, going to the gym, you can have an audiobook on your phone that you only only listen to when you go to the gym. And you're going to, um, A, go to the gym more often so that you can hear what happens in the story, B, your workouts will probably last longer as you think about, I need to get to the end of this chapter and find out what happened. And C, the adrenaline that you get from an exciting moment in the book is going to help you (laughs) pump your legs faster and work out better. See, audiobooks are fantastic. Or if you want to uh, make a habit of doing housework first thing in the morning, putting an audiobook on, uh, headphones and just phone in your back pocket and you can wander around the house doing your housework and get it done with the company of an audiobook that keeps your thoughts happy as you do your work. So audiobooks are fantastic things. Or if you commute, I mean, audiobooks are great for a commute. So yes, do I have audiobooks? I have one. I need to make some more. I need to do some recording and I know that that's, that's true. But I mean, I have one um, of my own books recorded, which is My Year of Saying No by Ruth Amos. That's uh, available as an audiobook if you want to hear more of my voice. Um, but yeah, I need to do more recording of my of my novels as audiobooks. And that's a plan for when I get some time. Uh, I think, you know, however you read, whether it's ebook or paperback book or audiobook, it's a great thing. I'm not, uh, I'm not talking about collecting books and here in Australia books are very expensive and so having a collection of lots of books is difficult because it just costs a lot of money. Secondhand books are great (laughs) but you know what's better? The library. The library is fantastic. So I, uh, I am a member of the library and I get books from the library as real books, you know, real books, paperback or hardcover books that's great. Sometimes I just go into the library after a bit of an absence and I look and I think, goodness me, all these books that I can read. How amazing is that? So yeah, that's good. But if you can't get into the library for paperback and hardcover books, you can use the Libby app on your phone in Australia and some in other places it's Overdrive and I think there are other ones as well. And you can get library books through that. And what I like is that the library books that I get through my phone, I then can put onto my Kobo reader. And I'm not, I don't remember how I connected the two, but I did. Um, And so if I can do it, I'm sure you can do it. Um, I'm sure there are even YouTube's (laughs) videos that tell you how to connect your Kobo reader or your Kindle to the library. But yeah, if I take out a book from the library on my phone, it then can be put on my Kindle 
uh, my Kobo reader, sorry, and then I can read it like that, just like a normal ebook. And then when it's due, it just gets returned automatically. So I don't even have to worry about whether I have library books in my library book drawer that need returning. I can just re- return it uh, automatically like that. And I get my audiobooks from the Libby app as well. So I'm not um, part of Audible yet because um, I listen to more podcasts than audiobooks, to be honest, just occasional audiobooks, which I then very much enjoy. But uh, yeah, so that, that comes through the library as well. And that is free, free, amazing. And if there's a book that you really want to read or listen to that your library doesn't have, the way to deal with that is to ask the library for it because they always want patron suggestions and they have a particular part of their budget put aside for patron suggestions. So if you want RJ Amos books to read and you can't afford to buy them at the moment, that's fine. Go to your library and ask your library to get them and they will. Isn't that cool? (laughs) Oh, what was I going to say about that? Oh, and don't worry about it because, well, in Australia at least, if you have your books in the library and people borrow them, then the government pays you for them. So that's pretty cool as well. So I am very biased, but the science backs me up. Reading helps you live longer, improve your focus and concentration, improve your empathy, improve your analytical thinking. If you read with your children, which I cannot recommend highly enough, read with your kids, that increases the bonds between you and the kids and increases their school performance and increases their abilities uh, to to read and write themselves and to spell and to do all the things. It reduces your stress. It helps you sleep. It prevents cognitive decline. It's a fantastic thing to do. So I I highly recommend that you read. And now I'm going to keep going, but I'm going to be giving you some suggestions of books that I really love to read, places that you can start start your reading. Um, so feel free to, to not listen to the end of this because there's going to be a list of books and why I like them. But anyway. I thought it was worth doing. So here we go. As you have heard already, I love mystery. That's my go-to. That's my easy reading place. That's my safe space. It makes me feel comfortable. And uh, I'm not talking thriller here. So I'm not a big thriller reader. So if you read the mystery books that I read, you're not going to get that um, chill down the back of your spine or be worried about who's going to knock on your door in the middle of the night. You're just going to feel comfortable and cozy. Uh, So those mysteries that I like, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with thrillers. If you like them, that's great, but I don't. So I like anything by Dorothy Sayers. She's fantastic. The Lord Peter Whimsey series. So good. Um, I have written a Deadly Miss series set here in Tasmania. That's a murder mystery. And I also have a romantic suspense that's called Small Town Trouble. And you can find them at rjamos.com. Donna Leon has written mystery set in Venice. And so you get this real uh, feeling about what life is like in Venice. And that's pretty cool. And the Thursday Murder Club series by Richard Osman. So excellent. Uh, and I'm, I'm loving reading um, stories about older people and um yeah, because one of the things that drives me crazy about Cozy Mysteries, to be honest, is the romance. I'm just, I just get really sick of the fact that you've got your main character and she's got a crush on the local policeman and that's how it all comes together. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the ones that I am suggesting are not like that. Um, Thursday Murder Club is not like that because it's set in an old people's home. So it's just fantastic. I just, it's so funny. 
Goodness me. And Anne Cleves, of course, with her more more thriller, darker stuff like Shetland and Vera. Uh, she's very good. Okay, so that's mystery. Uh, I could keep going, but I won't. The next uh, selection I had is urban fantasy. So I like fantasy. I love The Lord of the Rings. My dad read that to us. Yes, I know how long it is. My dad read that to us in Hawaii. That was one thing we did as a family. We didn't have a television. So at the end of every day, we'd all get together on mum and dad's bed because we didn't have a lounge room. And dad would read us The Lord of the Rings. Oh, it was amazing. It just brought it all to life. And I can't bring myself to watch the movies because uh, I have a movie playing in my head of uh, my imagination of what happened in The Lord of the Rings. And I I feel like the movie's got it wrong. (laughs) But I like the movies because Moz is never, ever going to read The Lord of the Rings because he's uh, he just can't handle the lovely flowing descriptions of the landscape. So he's not going to do it. So he gets to watch the movies and get the story that way. All good. So that's the Lord of the Rings, which is fantasy. And that is deep fantasy. And that's awesome. Um, but uh, a lighter fantasy that I've really enjoyed recently is the Green Wing and Dart series by Victoria Goddard. And they're just fun. They're just so much fun. But yes, dragons and magic and bees and like, fantasy stuff. They're really good. Haunted forests and all that kind of stuff. So green wing, and, green wing and dart. Beautiful. If your fantasy needs to be more in the modern day, there's some urban fantasy by W.R. Gingell called the City Between series and it is brilliant. Just brilliant. I love City Between. Now, Every one of her books has a cliffhanger at the end. And so I waited until all 10 books were out and then I read the whole lot like it was one book and it's worth doing it that way, if you ask me. And she's writing another series at the moment. She's fantastic. W.R. Gingell, look her up. And she does rewrites of um, fairy tales as well and it's very, very good. Okay, science fiction. Obviously, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams. It's absurdist and it's fantastic. And if you enjoy The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, then you'll probably like The Pitfalls of Being a Goddess, which is, yes, fantasy, but it is um, it is very absurd, like Hitchhiker's Guide. So I like other science fiction. Um, I didn't particularly like Dune because it was more about politics than about science, but, you know, that sort of thing. And I have written... Uh, The Universe is a Small Place, which is a science fiction um, book as well. Uh, Historical romance I love. Georgette Heyer. Oh, my goodness, she's great. You know exactly what's going to happen, but you read the book to find out how, how it got there. And I love Jane Austen, Pride and Prejudice, of course, but Sense and Sensibility and my favourite Jane Austen is Persuasion. So I love all that sort of stuff. Um, I'm not big on romance. I'm just, I'm just not a huge fan of it. Uh, but romance is probably the biggest genre that there is. And you probably, if you're into it, you don't need my help finding any books. There are things. Um, comedy. Okay. So the funniest book that I know is called The Theatrical Tapes of Leonard Thin, and it's by Adrian Plass. It's, uh, picking on the Christian church and it speaks directly to my childhood. It's, I can't read it without laughing out loud, without losing it. It is so, so funny. A cry. Ah, it is funny. So if you've been brought up in the church, 
can't go past the theatrical tapes of Leonard Thin. Um, I also really enjoy stunt memoir. Um, so those books, like uh, I was talking about um, Stephanie Pearl McPhee and she writes about knitting. So that sort of memoir about knitting. I like memoir. I love memoir generally because a person writing the memoir hasn't died. I have this thing about dying. I don't like it so much in my books. Uh, anyway, uh, so that's – but the, another really good one was um, The Year of Living Biblically by A.J. Jacobs where he tries to put into effect everything in the Bible for a year and A Year of Biblical Womanhood by Rachel Held Evans, which she does the same thing. She ends up sitting on the corner of her roof. It's really funny. Um, and uh, an older writer, Derek Longden, uh, he wrote a book called Lost for Words and he wrote The Cat Who um, Came In From the Cold and things like that. And he has just a brilliant way about writing about everyday life and I think he's fantastic. Literary fiction. This is the one that everyone thinks they should be reading when you say you should read and there is some really good literary fiction out there. <laughs> Um, the two that I'm going to recommend are the My Friend series by Jane Duncan. So she writes My Friend um, Sashi Damane or My Friends, um, I can't even remember the name. Anyway, everything starts with My Friend and and they're really good. Again, um, they're sort of uh, autobiographical fiction about living in the highlands of Scotland and then moving from there and then she moves to Jamaica and I love it. I just love it. And her friends become my friends and I feel like she's my family. I get very involved in these books, which is why when I'm feeling emotionally stressed already, I don't read them. But My Friend by Jane Duncan is good. And the book that I love most of all, the book that when people say, what's your favourite book? I have to say The Rosemary Tree by Elizabeth Googe. Because this book, the theme is failure and how it's not so bad after all and how you might think you failed, but actually what you've done has been used for good and it's it got me through my kids childhood so it got me through those early mum years when I just I was just not sure that I was doing anything right I could read this book and be encouraged that maybe even when I'm doing the wrong thing um, or what I feel like is the wrong thing or even when I feel like I'm failed that God can work everything for good. So it's a very meaningful book for me. It got to the point where I would pull it out to read it again for the fifth or sixth or seventh time and Moz would be like, oh, oh, what's going wrong? We need to, <laughs> we need to give Ruth some self-care time. So that's that, that book for me, very, very important in my life. Some of these books are older books and they may be hard to find. Elizabeth Googe, I'm just always on the lookout for her at every secondhand book fair and bookshop. But these are the ones that jump to my mind when I think, oh, what are my recommendations? And um, they've all been really helpful to me. So anyway, there you go. That's that's my recommendations for reading. Um, I, I love reading <laughs> and I hope that you do too. Um, I hope that you're encouraged to read, to try different kinds of books until you find ones that you enjoy. And um, yeah, I've given you all my details at the beginning of this podcast. If you want the names of the books written down, head to a quiet life blog at wordpress.com because I will have the list of all the books there. Um, so yeah, if my and I'll put them I'll put them in the show notes as well because that would be sensible, wouldn't it? And I look forward to chatting to you again next time. Have a great week and read something. Bye.